Welcome to AFC Weekly Sermon Podcast, where faith works by love. We're glad you joined us, and we believe God has a word for you. So let's join this week's message. So I'm going to take just a few moments to bring you up to date to where we are as to what God has instructed us to do and what God is leading us in doing. And first of all, today, you know, tomorrow's Labor Day. Labor Day started back, they started celebrating Labor Day back in the 1800s and then became a national holiday in 1894. And the reason it was celebrated was to celebrate the work that everyone was doing, the reason they did it, why they did it, the way they did it, and to celebrate the workers. Hallelujah. And all I remember about Labor Day growing up was it was just another day in the tobacco field. And because uh, we were trying to get everything finished, and also that we never start, we knew school was getting ready to start because we never started school until after Labor Day. And now they start in July or something, I don't know. But anyway, so, uh, so uh, I just want to thank, right, publicly thank, number one, all of our part time, full time, and volunteer teams here at Agape Faith Church. Since it's Labor Day, come on, thank them. All of you that are doing the sound in the room, on the, on the cameras, all these minstrels and singers, all of you that are part of that, all of you, those that are back there in preschool now, with the children now, working with the youth, I'm telling you right now, all of you that usher, all of you that greet, all of you that do anything at all here at the church, I want to thank you for your labor. Because we could not do it without you. And we thank God for you and thank God that you are here. Somebody shout amen. Amen. Last week I talked to you about the fact that we were looking at the book of Nehemiah because we're starting into building that new children's facility and a new school. And I share with you that we've got a pattern in the book of Nehemiah to follow when it comes to building. We've got a pattern of declaration, and we also have a pattern of attacks. And I'm going to share a couple of the attacks with you, but first of all, I want to remind you that last week we talked to you about the pattern of declaration. The pattern of declaration is permission, provision, and protection. How many of you got this magnet when you came in? Hallelujah. Okay. If you did not get one, the ushers are going to have them for you at the door when you leave, and then you can get it then. Thank you, Mark. Going to have them, and you didn't get it, then I want you to get one. And, and, And there it is right there. We want you to take this magnet, and we want you to take it home and put it on the refrigerator or somewhere where you can see it at all times. If you got a steel plate in your head, put it on your forehead. No, moving right along. Uh, we just want you to put it where it can be seen. Why do we want you to see it? I, I want you to read this with me. And uh, right now, ready? Um, read. Permission to build. Read, read. I declare that we will be given permission to build the vision God gave us. All permits and permissions will be granted quickly. We want you declaring that every day. Every time you see this and every time you think about what we're doing, we want you declaring that. And then provision to build. Read it with me. I declare God's vision has God's provision. 
We will receive our harvest based on seed sown. It will come as we need it in order to build the children's building. Woo! Hallelujah. And we've sown plenty of seed in order for us to be able to build this building. And then protection to build. Let's read. I declare that we have protection against any attack of the enemy. No attack of the enemy will stop the vision God has given us to build this building. Come on, somebody shout hallelujah. Now, I want you to take that, and I want you to put it somewhere where you can see it on a daily basis. And then every time you see it, I want you declaring it, declaring our permission. Permits are done and quickly. Declaring our provision that all the harvest comes in. Declaring our protection that no matter what the enemy brings against us, that he is a defeated foe. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. So today, though, I want to talk to you about a few of the attacks that Satan used against Nehemiah when he started rebuilding the walls of Jerusalem. There are six attacks that he used against Nehemiah. Number one, scorn. Number two, accuser of the brethren. Number three, confusion. Number four, discouragement and fear. Number five, separation. And number six, compromise. These are the six attacks that he used against Nehemiah. And as I began studying the Word, looking at the Word, and as we built uh, uh, three buildings and then redid the second floor and paid the parking lot and, and, and bought the nine acres of land next door, first of all, we bought the land out here. As we've done that, every time we've gone through some of these exact same attacks. So all I'm doing is preparing us so that we will all be in unity when it comes to our declarations, when we will all be in unity when it comes to our declaration of permission, our declaration of provision, and our declaration of protection. Why? He will come at the body. He's already come at me. And I'm going to share a couple of things if I have time this morning. If not, go look at 9 o'clock service. But a couple of things that he's already come at me about. But how many of you know he's defeated? We got the victory. So, but we got to be in unity as we make our declarations of permission and our declaration of provision and our declaration, glory to God, of, of, uh, of, of protection. The enemy is a liar and we win. Can you say amen? amen. Hallelujah. So the first one is scorn. Look at, look at Nehemiah. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. The first attack is scorn. The word scorn means to ridicule, to deride, and to laugh at. Look at Nehemiah chapter 2, verse 19. Send ballot, and they all heard about it. They laughed at him. I'm going to move on pretty quick here because we could read it all. And uh, they, they send ballot, and Tobiah, and Geshem, they're, draw, they're drawing in forces. Said they laughed at them, they despised them. And they said, What is this thing you think you're doing? Uh, are you going to rebel against the king? And, uh, uh, and you know, I always tell you examples of my own personal life. I don't hide anything. And, uh, and, and if I'm going through something, and then I take the word and I deal with it, then I'll share with you what I've been through, and I'll share with you how I dealt with it, then my prayer is that if you face that same thing, then you already know how to deal with it. Yeah. 
Hallelujah. But if I stand up here and act like I never go through anything, and if any pastor or any, any preacher, apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher stands up and, and, and you think they're perfect and they never go through anything, you don't need to be listening to them. Because I promise you right now, the enemy comes at all of us and he comes at us in the same way. Can you say amen? He started laughing at me. He started deriding me. He started scorning me. When we even started looking at building this building. And that's why, and he started, who do you think you are? Do you think you're going to be able to do it? And you know what I did? I just decided, I'll preach a bunch of messages on nothing is impossible with God. Y'all thought I was preaching to you? Uh Uh-uh, I was preaching to me. Why? Nothing is impossible with God. All things, all, there may be impossible with man, but all things are possible with God. Can you say amen? amen? And so what we must realize is that the enemy does everything that he can to attack us and to laugh at us. But look at verse 20. This is how Nehemiah dealt with him. He said, so I answered them and said to them, the God of heaven himself will prosper us. Therefore, we as servants will arise and build. But devil, you have no heritage, right, or memorial in Jerusalem. Say this with me. Say, our God himself. Our God himself. Therefore, Therefore, will prosper us. Oops. <laughs> well, thank y'all for following me, even though I was wrong. Let's try that again. I'm going to read it this time. Our God, come on, one, two, three. Our God himself will prosper us. Therefore, we his servants will arise and build. But, 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 devil, you have no heritage, no right, no memorial here. Woo! Every time you think about it, that's what I want you shouting. Said our God himself will prosper us. That word prosper means to push forward. That word prosper means to break out. What did Pastor Chris say? Take the lid off. Hallelujah. God's going to take the lid off as we step out in faith. Can you say amen? Number two, the second attack is accuser of the brethren. And and I'm not going to read all that. You can read verses one, two, and three. But they came to him and they said, whatever you build, whatever you build is going to fall apart. Whatever you build is going to, come get, somebody get this. Whatever you build is going to fall apart. It's not going to last. Even if a fox ran up on it, it would tear it down. And, uh, and then they began to talk about them and began to spread rumors about them. And we could go on and look at it and read it, but they began to accuse them. Now, how many of you know the Bible says in Revelation that uh, Revelation says that now has come salvation, strength, and the power of our God because the accuser of the brethren has been cast down. Hallelujah. But let me share something with you. When this whole thing started and the enemy started coming at me as the accuser of the brethren. Now, before I go there, I'm going to give you the third attack, and the third attack is confusion. The third attack is confusion. 
And uh, the Bible says, verse 7, that it happened, Sanballat, Tobiah, uh, the Ammonites, and the Ashdodites, they got more of them now, said they came. And look at verse 8, and all of them conspired together to come and attack Jerusalem and create confusion. So now look up at me just a minute. So here's what happened. The accuser of the brethren came, and they came and they gained other access, and then they all came in, and you can see it. They were accusing them within, then they were accusing them without, and when it did, the whole purpose of the accuser of the brethren was to bring confusion. Now, the word confusion uh, means to perplex, to bewilder, or make unclear. To associate by mistake. Now look up at me just a minute. When I read that definition, to associate by mistake, it went off on the inside of me. Now I know that this may not be exactly what associate by mistake meant, but I know exactly what the Holy Ghost said to me and what he spoke in my heart about it. And that is that when we associate or when we look at our present condition and we associate the situation that we're in now or, if you will, we connect the situation that we're in now to our past mistakes, then confusion sets in. Has anybody here ever been accused by the devil and brought up your past mistakes to you? And that you were trying to make, a, you were even in the midst of trying to make a decision, a major decision, and yet all the devil could do was accuse you of your past. And then when you began, and even though he's talking to you, he's telling your past, he's telling you, he's in there, he's in there, he's doing all this to you. And then when all that comes, and now you want to make a decision about moving forward, but you find yourself confused. Why? Because you're connecting your present situation to your past mistakes. And church, we need to realize the accuser of the brethren has been cast down. Can you say amen? amen? I want you to go to Revelations and then I'll close. Revelations chapter 12. And I want you to look at verse 7. War broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought with the dragon. The dragon and his angels fought, but they did not prevail, nor was a place found for them in heaven any longer. Verse 9, so the great dragon was cast out, the serpent of old called the devil and Satan who deceives the whole world. He who was cast to the earth and his angels were cast out with him. Then I heard a loud voice saying, now salvation, strength, and the kingdom of God, the power of his Christ have come for the accuser of the brethren who accused him before God in night, day and night has been cast down, and they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, and they did not love their lives to death. Verse 12, therefore rejoice, O heavens, and you who dwell in them. But listen, look at this now. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and the sea, For the devil has come down to you, look at this, having great wrath. Why? Because he knows his time, the time he has is short. 
Listen, church, when the, if, if they thought that writing it then, the Holy Spirit, Jesus is talking, and he's saying here that the devil has been cast down to the earth, and woe to the inhabitants of the earth, because he's got wrath, and he knows his time is short. How many of you know it's shorter now than it was then? But how many of you know it starts out by saying, rejoice, all of you that dwell in the heavenlies. If you're a born-again child of God, guess what? You might be living on this earth, but you're not an inhabitant of this earth. If you're a born-again child of God, my Bible tells me in Ephesians chapter 2 that I've been raised up. I've been seated in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So it doesn't matter what the devil does. It doesn't matter how he comes at us. It doesn't matter what attack he brings. We're going to rejoice because we dwell, we occupy, we reside in heavenly places. Church, we got an advantage over the devil. Church, we got an advantage over everything the enemy tries. Church, we got an advantage over the inhabitants of the earth. Those that live under the kingdom of of this world. Those that live according to the kingdom of this world. But those of us that live according to the kingdom of God, We live according to what the Bible says, what the Word says, that in the midst of all hell, we can rejoice. We can count it all joy. We can stand and realize, wait a minute. You can accuse me. You laughed. Listen, can I share something with you? When we started this whole project out, I need to share this. I want you to hear me, please. Because this is what I've been going through as your pastor. You know, I tell you everything. I don't hide anything from you. Sometimes my wife said, I wouldn't have told that. But anyway, <laughs> but, uh, but I tell it. And so we started this whole project out. We were looking at building a building across the parking lot, out in front of the other building. It was going to cost $6 million. And then we found out about the building on Harper Road. And we thought it was God. And, but it was only going to be, one, it was going to be $1.4 million. Although it was, a, it was a fix, but it didn't meet our need. It was going to fix, it was going to solve our problem for a while. But it wasn't going to meet the need that we had for the future. And I got to be honest with you as your pastor. Well, I wasn't looking at the building. What was I looking at? Six million versus 1.4 million. Come on now. I'm just telling you the truth. And so, Susan and I, the Saturday of the Easter production, Susan and I rode over to that building and sat in the parking lot. And I repented and asked God to forgive me. And we prayed. We said, God, if this building is the building that you want us to have, then you bring it in, make it happen. But if it's not, you close the door. The next week, the people decided not to sell that building to us. Hallelujah. Now, so I'm at home. I'm praying. I'm getting ready. And we've, we've looked at buildings. We've drawn buildings. They've drawn buildings. We had the architect. Oh, my Lord. We, and we've talked and looked and talked and looked. And finally, we settled on the building. 
settle on the plans. As soon as we get them, we're going to show them all to you, but we settled on what it's going to be. And it's going to cost at least $4 million. So we're going to, we're going to have $4 million. Well, I know this. Well, the enemy starts badgering me. Well, you know, you said we were going to be a one for $6 million. Then you said we were going to do one for $2 million. Now you say we're going to do one for $4 million? You don't even know what you're doing. And you know what? At that time, he was correct. Come on now. But then I realized, wait a minute, he's a liar. He's a liar. But my mind was battling me because I'd gone from one thing to another thing to another thing. And guess what? He was accusing me, so what was I? I was confused. So what was I doing? I was judging my present circumstances based upon the mistakes of my past. And then I started preaching. Nothing's impossible with God. Might be impossible with me, but it is not impossible with God. All things are possible with God. And then not long after that, we settled in on the building. Glory to God. And uh, Pastor Chris said, take the lid off. And he don't know this. In between service, I shared in the first service that this building's going to cost us $4 million. And I had three people come up to me. One of them said, Pastor, I heard $10 million. You need to believe God for $10 million. The second person came up to me and said, Pastor, is $4 million enough? And the third person was probably one of the least persons I would think that would say this to me. And they said, Pastor, I kept hearing. We've got to believe God for more. We've got to think bigger. We've got to think bigger. I said, well, y'all go for it. <laughs> y'all go for it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But here's the deal. God took the lid off this morning. And here's the deal. Here's the deal. We are going to build a top-notch children's facility and a top-notch Christian academy. And it's going to change children's lives. And we're going to do it. And God is going to provide. Hallelujah. Can somebody shout hallelujah? Somebody say, and listen. And the reason, listen to this now. And I'm, I got to close. But listen. And the reason, y'all just stay a little longer. There won't be no line at the cafeteria. But anyway, listen. No, listen. Listen. Do you know the reason that Nehemiah and the people were able to build the walls, the Bible says, was because the people had a mind to work. I can't do this, church. The pastoral staff can't do this. We've got to be in unity. And we've got to have a mind to work. That word mind means a heart. Our heart has got to be in this mandate that God has given us. And the mandate that God has given us is you must go after the children. And so based on that, church, we're going to fulfill the mandate. And the Lord spoke to me yesterday. Rejoice. I, I faced a situation while I was studying. I'm not going to go into the detail of it. But while I was studying on rejoicing, 
I had a situation come against me that just stole my joy immediately. And when I came back and sat down to start studying again, I heard in my spirit, if the devil can't steal your joy, he can't defeat your desire. And I repented because he got it. I got, I got a, um, anyway, I got upset. Wasn't with my wife either. Thank God. <laughs> I don't know why I said either. <laughs> I have no idea. I had, we hadn't been in an argument in so long, I don't even know what an argument would be like with her. But anyway, but listen, say this. If the devil can't steal my joy, he can't defeat my desire. He's a defeated foe. Thank you for joining the AFC Weekly Sermon Podcast today. If you've enjoyed the message, please be sure to subscribe. If you'd like to be a part of sharing the love of Christ all over the world, you have the opportunity to partner with us through giving. Just text 336-800-8492 or visit agapefaith.com forward slash give. For more information about AFC, visit agapefaith.com or email info at agapefaith.com. And if you receive salvation today, we have resources to help you on this new journey. Just text New Life to 336 800 8492. We pray you have a blessed day.